When you're building a video game world, you're building with ideas. And that can be like working with quickset cement. You mold your ideas into a certain shape that can be played with. And in the process of playing with them, they begin to harden and set until they're immutable, like rock. And at that point, you can't change the world. Not without breaking it into pieces and starting fresh with new ideas. For years now, people have been predicting that games would soon be made out of prefabricated objects, bought in a store and assembled into a world. And for the most part, that hasn't happened, because the objects in the stores are trash. I don't mean they look bad or that they're badly made, although a lot of them are. I mean they're trash in the way that food becomes trash as soon as you put it in the sink. Things are made to be consumed and used in a certain context, and once the moment is gone, they transform into garbage. We fail and fail and fall and fail and fuck you, fucking fuck this fucking game and notoriously hard kettle platformer action or getting over it with Bennett Foddy this week on How Did This Get Played? Welcome to How Did This Get Played, the show where we discuss the worst and weirdest video games of all time. I'm Nick Weiger, across from Heather Ann Campbell. I'm across from Nick Weiger, and by that, across the city, and across from me, across the city, is Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. <laughs> there it is. <sighs> Before we get to our to our guest, and we're, we're thrilled to have him, uh, it, we, it's time to spend, as we always do, 70 seconds in gaming heaven. <laughs> Well, what is it, Heather? No, no, this it's we're 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 ready to go. We're going. <laughs> really doing it. I thought we would talk about Final Fantasy VII remake. Okay, because we're both. I mean, we're we're both playing it. I think we're yeah. both enjoying it. Like yes. I'm really, I'm really. It's just so. It's just such a pleasant game aesthetically. Like it's it, just yeah. Audio, like like I mean, just both both visually and uh, and from a sound design from a score standpoint, and also I just like loved. It feels like such a lived in world, which I like. Everything's so populated and and dense. Yeah. No. It's um. I mean, uh, I got real stressed out um because nobody is social distancing in Midgar, and <laughs> like when I watch sitcoms right now, I'm so aware of how close everybody is standing to one another and how many germs are being sprayed on. So I it was it's a hard game for me to enjoy because I'm just aware of how different it is from our real world beyond just magic and swords. Are you being like is that? You legitimately are having that issue. Yes, you're not le- having a laugh. No, legitimately. Like, wow. I, I've been I've been making my way through Parks and Rec because I never watched it, and all I can think about the entire time is this is a world that doesn't exist anymore. And the same way, like, it keeps taking me out that like people are like timers. Out time's this- up. Okay, well. okay, we're out of time. <laughs> sorry, Heather. <laughs> I'm uh, so hey. sorry I did that to you. <laughs> so it's fine. I... Uh, now it's time to descend into gaming hell. And, and to help us out, our guest is a streamer with over 2.7 million followers on Twitch. Please welcome Chance Morris, a.k.a. Soda Pop. And hi, Chance. Hi, that's me. Hi, Chance. 
Good to be here, ready to talk about, you know, some shit games and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> Missed on the 70 I, seconds of good games, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, we can dig into that a little bit, because I am curious, uh, as as someone who's who streams now, like, what got you into video games as a kid? What initially got you hooked? Um, I was an idiot. Um, I... I <laughs> I was at home and, you know, my mom was like, hey, you should go outside and like play with a stick. I'm like, what? Like, what? Everyone's playing. I'd rather just play on my game. I played World of Warcraft. Um, I got good at the game and all I cared about was looking forward was going home, playing WoW, grinding it out. I did it for four years. Streaming came out. I've been doing that for, you know, over 10 years now. Wow. So WoW was your first game? Uh, I would say first game I be almost first game I became a complete you know idiot about like I mean we're right. talking like staying up till four a.m. I had a laptop in my school my teacher would let me play WoW in class as long as I had an A like it was day in day out complete degenerate hours that's <laughs> it was bad my first game though I mean first game might have been Age of Empires I don't know it's, it's maybe <laughs> Lemmings uh, Worms ever play any of those Yeah yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. classic I was a I was an Age of Empires guy. I like. I always liked. I always preferred turn-based to re, to RTS, but I did like the kind of historical feel to that. Did you? So it sounds like PC gaming is what you uh, way you started. Yeah. So you guys were talking about Final Fantasy a second ago. I'm like, I haven't played it yet because I'm too damn lazy to go get my PS4. I just can't be right. bothered. Right. I've already got the <laughs> PC set up. Um, but yeah, PC is per, where I try and you know, like. That's my favorite for sure. I always got the PC ready to go. I sit on my chair. Only way I'm going to play a console is if I set it up with a capture card, right? Yeah. So are you basically not like, and and I'm curious about this because because streaming is a I, I watch streamer I watch streams, uh, but I don't like really know a lot about the the process or like the mentality of of streaming. Do you do you still game recreationally, or if yeah. you're playing games, are you streaming it? So you you will just game off stream. I was playing Risk of Rain by before we got in this call. You ever played oh, Risk wow. of Rain? It's a sick ass game. So. Yeah, all the, I, I, it's it's day in day out. I like games. I like chilling in games. It's my favorite thing to do. That's never going to change, whether it's on stream or not. Um, and you were talking before we before we started recording. You were you held up the Ring Fit apparatus, <laughs> the peripheral that is now yeah. a, as as rare as an N95 mask in the wild. <laughs> um, you, you have your hands on one. You messed around with Ring Fit Adventure at all, dude? So let me just tell you right now. <laughs> this shit is a workout. I mean, this is not Dora the Explorer with a backpack. This is, I sweat my ass off. It, it beat the hell out of me. Doing squats, you're doing all sorts. It's not a joke, man. It's not a joke. I was on, I'm on the third hardest difficulty, and there's four sets, and I, I don't think I belong there. I really wow. don't. Um, but I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being a bit, I'm pushing through. I'm doing my best, and it, it, it beats the hell out of you. But it's like a little game. So you level up, you do more damage, you do damage by doing squats, which it's, it's, yeah, it's so bad. It's so painful. (laughs) You got to do like arm workout. It's got all sorts, man. You got sit-ups, you got types of enemies that take bonus damage from leg workout spells. So you're like, I want to do squat damage. And it's just so painful, but you got to, it's, it's a game, right? Yeah, no, I definitely. I'm, so, are you someone who's who's active? Are you are you into fitness beyond this? I think I think everyone, you know, you get to about my age, and it's like, you know what? Maybe I should stand up sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but I like playing games, so I'm like, this is my compromise. Yeah. So that's kind of where I stand on that one. 
Yeah, I I like I know some people who are into games and and I do work out, but like the gamification I know helps a lot of gamers. Like mm-hmm. like you know I, I know Peloton has connected with some people because uh, it has that similar sort of obsessive that that similar sort of uh, of trait to it mm-hmm. uh where you but where you're getting positive feedback but i don't know heather what is your approach to work you like the the, uh, the apple watch does a lot for you right well yeah i mean lately so i used to box every morning at the gym um and now i'm doing like zoom training with my boxing coach uh but there's no i have like a a boxing thing that you can like wedge into the door frame and punch uh, but it's not, it does, it's not a substitute for any of the work you can do in the gym. So right. slowly my body is falling apart and I am getting weaker and weaker and more tired as this goes on. <laughs> um, and also the idea that the gym will become available to me before a vaccine is available means that, I mean, like I'll, I'm too fucking scared to go into that gym. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, it's over. My career as a gymnast person is o- over. Oh, I'm scared of going into the gym anyway, so uh, either way. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I don't know, but I mean, but you, but beyond that, yes, I know that right now things are things are particularly grim and you're particularly confined. But the just I'm, the Apple Watch in and of itself, it's a similar sort of feedback loop to like Ring Fit Adventure, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I, so you can't wear an Apple Watch when you box, but I did get a different peripheral that straps around your chest and monitors like your heart rate and your reps and stuff like that, uh, and that. If I forget to put it on before I work out, I feel like I didn't ca- like it didn't count. Like the change right. in my health doesn't matter as much as the like numbers on my iPhone. So yeah, <laughs> right? Is that what you're asking, Nick? What, that's well, that's one hundred percent. That's one hundred percent what I'm asking. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, it's a, a, a chance I wanted to ask you as someone who has been playing WoW for a long time and streaming WoW. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the big thing that happened last year, wow, classic. Yeah. Uh, how did you, how did that, like, uh, how did you respond to that? How did you feel about play, returning to wow classic um, after having played through it, it in its various iterations over the years? Well, you know, I, I've pretty much kind of quit. I played wow for a long time. Now I'm more of a variety streamer, but right. I always come back to the game, right? And I, I, of course, was obsessed with the game when it first came out. So when classic came out, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a complete idiot and play this game like a complete loser like I used to. <laughs> When I say, like, a complete idiot, I mean, we're talking, I was living 27-hour days. Um, And then I'd sleep eight hours, wake up, 27 hours. Like, day and night didn't exist. Those were no longer part of my life. They were gone. Um, I mean, I visited my girlfriend at the time in Canada, and I just gamed and played WoW in, like, her parents' basement. Um, (laughs) uh, It was kind of awkward, but that's just what I did. Because I I had to play WoW. I had a conversation when I first met. I'm like, listen... Um, I know I just met you and I, I know I'm like the boyfriend and like we should like talk more, but you understand, I got to play this game. And it was it was a real awkward combo, but I had to let them know why I was in that basement for 27 hours and then sleeping eight hours. It was just weird, but I did it and I committed and it was it was an experience. It was good to kind of revisit and have that good, uh, good revisit to classic for me. That feels like the with the experience you're describing, it feels like it's good that you had like Canadian parents that you were dealing with because I feel like <laughs> a, you'd have to have a lot of patience to put up with that from someone's boyfriend who just flew into town. I mean, I, I, I again, I did, I wasn't bothering anyone. I was like, listen, I, right. I, I'm not gonna bother you. I'm, I'm just, I'm just an idiot in the basement. I'm gonna order my food. Um, I'm, I'll clean up my mess. Just act like I'm not here. All right. And they're like, so why are you even here? I'm like, because. 
I don't know. I got to visit the GF, right? I got to spend some time with her and stuff. It's just, I don't know. I can't answer that question. But that was sort of the situation that put me in and it just goes to show how much I cared to play that game when it first came out, right? To really kind of dig deep into it as deep as I did. Yeah, definitely. I, it's it's wild how far that can get you in life just saying like, yeah, I'm an idiot. I fucked up real bad. I'm just it, it, this is completely <laughs> stupid. So, like, I've gotten out of so many jams at, in the in the office when I used to work straight jobs. Just yeah, I, I fucked that up bad. I totally forgot. Sorry. I'm, ba- I'm bad at this. Sometimes, you know, we're only human and it's good to be honest. I'm an idiot. Yeah, I messed up. <laughs> like it's, it is what it is. What do you want how, me to do? How long were you doing 27 hour days in the basement of your GF. Well, I, uh, I, so I wasn't just there. I was also back at, you know, my place and all that. But I would say that whole period went on for about a month, month and a half. Wow. Um, I mean, the first days that came out, me and four or five of my friends, they flew down and we set up this room in our living room. We put all of our computers together like a big LAN and we were living 30 hour days on or 35 mm-hmm. hour days at one wow. point. Um, for the first initial first few days it was out, and it was just so, just so dumb. It smelled so bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> we started to hate each other, too. It was terrible. But it was an experience, and it was fun. I'm glad we did it. Those sense memories of gamer smells. I used to work at my, my first game in video <laughs> games was at Activision. I worked in QA. And the the Activision QA offices at the time in Santa Monica was an, was a basement floor, his entire floor, and it was just like you know not even cubicle walls separating, just a bunch of monitors for people just to play games. You know, like a hundred people playing Call of Duty in one part. Oh, no. You know, adjacent to a bunch of people playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, and and it smelled so bad down there. It was just there were just so many bodies and such bad ventilation and so much just like bad food being consumed constantly. If you want the worst place, the the worst gamer smell you can find on planet Earth and it's still to this day it takes the cake, Dreamhack in Sweden. All right? You go there, you go in the D hall. All right? Because that's where the the true nerds are. It is the worst smelling place. I've ever been it. It hits you in the face when you walk into the room. <laughs> like you, if you ever get punched by a smell, that's the place to do it. <laughs> and and I, I go there like pretty much every year. I absolutely love it. But yeah, it it it's bad. It's I don't know if you guys know what DreamHack is, um, and how that what the, it's the largest land in the world. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it's thousands of computers in one giant room. It's so bad. It's so <laughs> it's so good and it's so bad. When I uh when I was in uh Tokyo my very first time, uh I went to a Final Fantasy eleven cafe because I couldn't play Final Fantasy eleven while I was there and had a similar addiction problem to the game as you've described with WoW. And uh so I there's a place in Akihabara where you could go and play and when you came in, the first sign was for showers. Like, like a, <laughs> with, a, with an arrow. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Well, I don't, I don't need a shower, but th- thank you. And then you would go like into a pod <laughs> and play Final Fantasy. But like the first thing they wanted you to do is like, oh, you, you know, maybe, maybe shower before you sit down in here for a while. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame when that stereotype is affirmed because you really like. <laughs> I wish gamers just smelled nice, but they don't always, unfortunately. No. 
Um, hey, uh, so so Chance, you picked getting over it with Bennett Foddy when we were when we were going to ask you mm-hmm. when we asked you to do the show. And I'm curious, so why? I mean, a notoriously difficult game, obviously was was you know huge at the time of its release. Yeah, uh, has been uh, a lot of people have been have streamed it and and speed run it. Um, uh, but why did you want to talk about this game in particular? Well, I play like 40 different games per week. You know, I've got a right. whole segment called Show Saturday where I go through the crappiest new releases uh, all the time. But I feel the game getting over it actually changed the gaming industry, especially on Twitch, in a pretty significant way as opposed to a lot of these other shitty games that kind of just were shit and then they're just gone, right? You move on. But getting over it, that game has spawned uh there's stilt fella it's a game of it's just stupidly difficult and that's basically the content is how hard it is um there's another one called jump king i don't know if you all have heard of jump king there's another one pogo jump i think and and the list goes on one of my friends mizkiff is literally making a game of that genre now right so it's in my opinion pretty substantial game do you do you like yeah it, and and definitely know it, it had a big impact and and sold a ton for for yeah. kind of this 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 you know indie meme. art game yeah de- definitely became a became a meme two point seven million players yeah it's wild this statistic I have that's a lot of pe- that's a lot of I mean Final Fantasy seven huge ad campaign mm-hmm. bus stop posters etc that's only three point five million internationally as of right now so wow. that's I mean. That's like comparing Marvel to like, I mean, to getting over it with Bennett Foddy. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it is like it is a game that's kind of a I mean, it, it you know, it's 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 arty, but it's also kind of a prank on the gamer itself. It's kind of a fuck you. Uh, and there are a lot of these, you know, you, you recited a, a, a listed a bunch of recent ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you like like a punishingly hard, like intentionally frustrating game. Is that a thing you gravitate toward? I liked getting over it. However, I've steered a little clear of the other ones because it's kind of just like, all right, I've sort of played this before. Right. It's a stupidly right. hard game. There's not really any checkpoint. The game sort of makes fun of you and makes you start all the way like your checkpoints are your is your muscle memory right so Mm -hmm. like in playing getting over for example i was at the end of the game but then i fell all the way back to the beginning and i was so mad but i got back there pretty damn quick because i basically became a speedrunner. i have fallen down and done the same shit over and over so many times at this point um yeah i don't know i hate those games Let's get into getting over it. I mean, I, it is, it is, it, uh, yeah, it, it, go ahead, Heather. Well, it's a platformer video game developed by Bennett Foddy. It was released in 2017. Uh, what other games were released in 2017? I didn't look up any. Um, I don't know, like, there's probably a call of was that the Was that the year Switch came out? Switch, maybe? Nintendo Switch came out, maybe some a Breath of the Wild. I don't know. I, usually I have a list of games that came yeah, out. Yeah, Breath of the Wild, Horizon yes. Zero Dawn, Mario Odyssey, Destiny Great. 2, Fortnite, Nier, uh, <laughs> Fortnite Cuphead, Nier Automata, um... A, bu- a, a, a big year for games. games. Yeah, yeah. A big a big year for games. Uh, Bennett Foddy, incidentally, is a NYU game design professor uh, who also developed the game Quop, Q-W-O-P, uh, which is a game where you control a runner's individual limbs with different keys on the keyboard. Uh, and this was sort of like, uh, hit, he made three games. This was his third game, I think. Um 
And yeah, you control a man who is named Diogenes after the philosopher who was notorious for living in a pot. And like him, you are inside of a cauldron from the waist down. Your arms are available and in them is a sledgehammer that you use to climb a mountain. And that is the entire action of the game. Use a mouse or a trackpad or a controller, although the controller sucks, uh, to climb a mountain. And while you are climbing it, Bennett Foddy himself narrates uh, the game and sort of his thoughts on why he made it, uh, as well as uh, what inspired it, and then also to mock you when you fall down the mountain. But it's kind of a gentle, it's it's both a gentle mockery and then also at times kind of a reassurance. Like it, it's, he's kind of walking the line, it feels like, where he's not just like, like, well, you fucked up again, dipshit. It's more just sort of like, you know, like, oh, falling so far, it, it you know, it's painful. Like, right? He's kind of, he's not trying to be, he's not trying to antagonize you, but it ends up being antagonizing because you're yeah, frustrated. You, you can say whatever you want, but if I hear his voice again, I'll freak out. <laughs> 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 uh, Bennett Foddy, the man, he said, I, I read in an interview that he said that his experience, because he he's, uh, 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 I think he was born in 1978, and his he, he grew up in Australia playing games in the 80s, and console games weren't really available, and so all he really had were punishingly hard PC games from the UK that were, that didn't have checkpoints, didn't have saves, you know, and, and so he was just playing these frustrating games, and that became his kind of experience of just you know, endlessly iterating on these things until he became skilled enough to uh, to to overcome them. And that's that's very much what this is. I mean, it is it is this modern, very modern feeling game, but it is like a, a throwback way of gameplay. He also I, I I may have read the same interview where he spoke about how games like Dark Souls were showing that despite the simplicity and the uh, user-friendliness of modern games, there is still a huge audience for people who just want to be really upset while they're playing. Um, and I, th- I thought that was... I, I mean, I love Dark Souls, and I this is the first game that we've played in a while where I was like, this is great. This is great. <laughs> yeah. From the drop, it's great. I honestly, like, I, you know, didn't play this at the time because I said I looked at it and was just like, this is just going to piss me off. And with the limited amount of time I have to play video games, I don't want to be doing this. But as I was playing it today, I found it like I was like, I'm I'm enjoying playing this. I find that the the, you know, gradually sort of figuring out some way, you know, some ways to succeed in this game. Um, although it at, at times like success feels completely arbitrary because it's you know it 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 feels like I did I did I did enjoy the gameplay. Um, Chance, did you when you were playing it back in the day? And I don't know if you revisited it for this podcast. I did revisit like, it a little bit, but yeah. Did did you have fun playing it? What was your experience, or was it just all frustration? Well, it was mainly frustration, but it's one of those things where the more frustrating it is, the more satisfying it is when you beat it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And that mindset. And I was sitting there. I was streaming it. I think I did like a 27 hour stream. It took me forever to beat this shit. And the whole I was there were times I screamed and I like broke my like my mic would peak and it like broke everyone's (laughs) eardrums out of sheer (laughs) genuine rage. Um, Yeah, that's what it did to you. And I even had a flight to catch. I literally I beat the game and I had a flight to catch in one hour after beating it. Um, I stayed up all night. I didn't sleep at all. It kept me up because I was just so damn the anvil part. I can I can go on and on about the anvil. 
Um, that part, <laughs> nightmares. But I just wanted to beat it so bad. And it was addicting. And it's so simple. And it's so... Uh, fun is too strong of a word. I can't give it that. <laughs> it, it makes you feel... I mean, I would say that the existence of speedrunners means that it's it's not so much that the game is difficult as it is an unforgiving... Uh, input system with, that's unfamiliar to to players, mm. but the fact that people can master it means that it's it's just learning how it works is all you need in order to play it. Does that make sense? What I'm saying, or am I just talking and and sweating? No, I get what you're, because <laughs> as you you know, at first it seems like okay, this hammer I'm just supposed to use is a pickaxe, and that's and then you sort of re- like realize, oh, I can I can sort of fine tune it a little bit. I can use it as kind of a precision implement. It's not just to propel me forward. I can use it as a pogo stick. You know, I can use it to just sort of, to sort of hang and 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 balance. Versatile um, tool. Yeah, and 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 I think that's that's a thing you learn through experience and through finding through reaching points where you're just like, well, fuck, I have no idea how to get through this narrow chasm, but I guess I'll try using my hammer in this way. Or you'll stumble upon it. It just, it feels like, so I I feel like all video games uh, build upon the input systems of the games that came before them. So like, if you play Pac-Man and then like you play Mario, you're like, oh, this, this thing still moves my guy just in a different way. And then additionally, I can jump. And what makes this game hard is that you have never, before the game, had never played a game where you have to use the mouse to control a pickaxe that isn't your center of gravity. Yes. Right? So it's like playing the first video game you've ever played. Is the, you, yeah. you get substantially better with every yeah. minute you play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Substantially better. So it's like the whole idea when I was saying, like, you're at the end of the game, you fall all the way to the beginning. It's annoying to get back, but let's say it took you 15 hours to get to the end of the game. Doing it again, it might take you 30 minutes, right? Because yeah. you've just you've done all these obstacles over and over again, and you're just so much better. Nick, did you beat it? Beat it? No, I didn't beat it. Beat it. <laughs> Neither. I, mean, I like. I didn't. Yeah, I know. I want to. I like. I was playing it. And I was like, I think I should beat this game because it, it feels like it would be it would be extremely satisfying. It's an achievement. Yeah, I, I, I um I did not beat it either and eventually had to prep for this. I was like, well, I don't have enough time this week to be able to beat this game. Uh, but I watched a, a stream or a YouTube compilation. I don't know what the fuck it was. Uh, and one of the so Bennett has these pieces of narration and one of the pieces of narration right after I stopped playing was you're probably watching this on somebody else's playthrough. And I felt slapped in the face. (laughs) When you beat the game, uh, when you get to the very end, you earn the cutscene, I guess you could say. And when it pops up, there's a checkbox and says, I pledge that I am not recording or streaming this cutscene. So, and, and most, I think larger content creators they're all kind of like okay i won't show my viewers this so if you want to see it you kind of need to beat it yourself i don't think it's very easy to find that cutscene without beating it wow that's pretty great yeah i i don't mind that at all so he's he's pretty aware of how many people are going to not beat this game and just watch i watched some of bennett foddy himself playing it there was a there's a a, a stream that kotaku did and he was like there's a there's about Pretty early on, I think about a sixth of the way through the the, the map, he's like forty percent of people of gamers don't get past this point. Like this is where people just sort of like are 
are, are like, I'm out and I get it and I, I don't want to play this anymore. Um, there, there's also a, a, there's a you know, you mentioned that there's a bunch of narration from Bennett Foddy himself who has nice pipes, nice Australian accent. It's a nice <laughs> I mean, voice. I like a nice voice. And, and there's a little he, bit of piano jazz that plays underneath while a lot of public domain music playing. Yeah. Um, yes. Which is kind of meant to be soothing, but is also kind of mocking. Uh, and then there's a lot of quotes that he'll just he'll just throw out like he did. He clearly did a, a search on wiki quote for failure and just has a bunch of quotes attributed to like Emily Dickinson and, um, you know, whatever. Uh, uh, Maya Angelou, the, the kind of quotes you'd see on like a Facebook meme of Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, uh, but and you and you get like and you just keep getting them over and over again, and they become maddening in of, in of themselves. Like it, it, that also becomes something that's kind of a little bit mocking. He also tells you early on in the game that he is saving your progress, and that there's invisible checkpoints, which you find out later there are no invisible checkpoints, and right. he's not saving anything. I think he's a liar. I think he's a piece <laughs> of shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny to think that you would be that you'd be in a class where he's the professor and oh, he'd man. be he'd he'd assign he'd probably assign his own game and be like, All right, everybody, for your homework, you gotta finish this game over the weekend like a book. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that'd be a terrible tea. <sighs> nope. His voice, man. He's got a soothing voice. He sounds so peaceful and so like soothing, but he's just not. <laughs> yeah. I wanna read one of the quotes that I really liked, which is a. Uh, Imaginary mountains build themselves from our efforts to climb them, and it's our repeated attempts to reach the summit that turns those mountains into something real. To me, that can describe like hot dog eating contests or anything like <laughs> any right. fucking crazy bullshit that human beings come up with to challenge themselves becomes a real challenge because we say that we're going to try it. Um, that That's I really that kind of cracked my brain open a little bit. And I was like, oh, man. Nothing yeah, is real. I mean, I knew that nothing is real, but like right. nothing's really real. <laughs> you getting um, philosophy from this game. <laughs> uh, there was a, there's a Gamma Sutra article that had some uh, some quotes from him that expanded on this point. Uh, As a game designer, the most fundamental problem you're up against is that games don't matter. They're fake. They're imaginary playgrounds. When a game doesn't matter, you sleepwalk through it. One solution is to drop other humans into the games. Is that going to liven anything? Uh, for single player games, it's trickier. Narrative games can hook in character and emotion, but skill games can't. What I'm interested in is the feeling of developing stakes just from the effort you're putting into the game. And yeah, it, it, and then he uses the mountain analogy again of just like, yeah, that's a, that's an invented challenge. That's someone saying, like, I want to climb this thing. There's no real point except that I have challenged myself to do it. And that is kind of the experience of playing this game. There's fucking nothing. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, there's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing. What do you want? There's nothing. This is Nothing's all it happening. And it's all it's everything. Like, why would a climbing a mountain have any value? It doesn't have value, but we, we're doing it. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna have like a nervous breakdown. Later. <laughs> we should talk about the art a little bit because he uses a lot of as you go through it starts off and things are kind of mountainous, but he references uh, you know uh, this game sexy hiking a lot, and which is kind of the progenitor of this. It's a it's a cruder two D version of this, um, and uh, like like so as you climb it, it go it turns from mountainous to just sort of like piles of trash to just arrays of like random assets that you're seeing scattered about. And then that, that then he's also commenting on that as it's happening. Yeah. It's, it, it's a game. He, he talked first off. Did you see sexy hiking? Did you look at it? I, I just looked at it very briefly. The first tree is the tree from 
this game. Does that make that? Yes. It's, I mean, it's not the same asset, but it's the same design. So it's like, oh, huh. remember this? This is that fucking thing that pissed you off. Uh, but the game itself is a made of garbage assets that are very pretty, but like meaningless and cobbled together like a a school will be sideways underneath a boulder, which is underneath a giant. Fuck, I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this. Please cut me <laughs> off. Cut me off like we were in the room together. Just like. <laughs> you are, you are like bringing up all these different meanings behind all these different obstacles. I just thought to myself when I'm looking at him, like if I was the dev, he's looking, I'm going to put a lawnmower in here because I think it'd be a, <laughs> a, it'd be a bitch to get over. <laughs> right. And, and I don't know. If, now I will say I'm looking at the sexy hiking. There is an Easter egg of this in the game of just literally the character from sexy hiking. I didn't know that, but I recognize the character from the Easter egg. Huh? It, wow. Speaking of Easter eggs, in Just Cause 2, I think, you can get into a pot and get a sledgehammer, yep. and then it goes 2D, and you can play this game in Just Cause. I think it's Just wow. Cause 3. Just Cause but 3. I, I, didn't, I remember I mean, that. No memory of which, which one it was. And as you can tell, I did not take good notes this week because <laughs> I was actually enjoying the game. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 interesting because the experience of it is like it, it's it's so I like moments of serenity even, which is maybe weird to say, whereas just like I was like, OK, I kind of get that this is going to be a fucking this section is going to be a pain in the ass and I'm going to kind of have to uh, dick around with this for a while to see if I can get anywhere and maybe I'll lose a, a sh like a shitload of progress. Yeah, uh, but but I but also I was just like. Like what's what am I what's what am I in a hurry for? You know what's what's the rush here? I mean, obviously, I want to get a little a good amount of time in before we recorded this, but also I was just like, ultimately, I I I'm, I don't have a deadline for this. But then again, maybe that's why you were able to to finally conquer it. Chance you had a deadline, you had a a, a flight, and just like you kind of went into trance mode. I don't know. Well, well, I mean, I had a bunch of people watching the stream, and I'm like, I don't want to not finish this game on this right. stream when I've been playing it for this long. It's just embarrassing and pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I needed to beat it. But another thing, you feel a little rushed because there are points in the game where you are at risk at falling more than others, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to get yes. the hell out of there. And now at no point are you ever fully safe. But there are moments where you're like, there is a very high chance I'm going to fall. And if I fall here, this takes me back to the beginning. This sucks. Yeah. At least if right. I get a little farther forward and I fall, I'm a little more safe. It'll take me back to, you know, halfway through the game rather than the beginning. Right. So when you're in those moments, I just feel rushed. I could put my I could put my hands in the air and stop moving and I'll be safe. But I don't feel that way in the moment. I just want to get over it. I mean, this definitely I feel like Bennett Foddy, this has crafted kind of the, the you know, both the 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 trailblazer, as Chance pointed out in this in this genre of, mm -hmm. of brutally hard games, but also kind of like the the most interesting one. And I guess we should maybe get to our final thoughts here, Heather. Uh, okay. It's time for the review crew. Review. 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 Um, so we'll, so uh, chance we'll each say something positive about this game, something that we liked about it okay. and then give it a numerical decimal rating. I can start us off. Uh, I found, I like really liked, just the 
the game aesthetically. Like I liked that how it looked and I liked how it sounded. And I like that the uh, the character, the player character, uh, looks like he's in a Sublime cover band. He's got like that the goatee and 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 uh, and buzz cut look. Um, I think that this is a very satisfying game, and from what I played of it, I am going to give this an eight point five. Uh, Holy what do you think, Heather? Shit! Wow. Okay. Oh, 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 um, I gotta, I gotta give me another game. You've given an eight point five. <laughs> <laughs> well, the score is out of a million, so it is all, it is all relative. But I mean, for this, for this podcast, I, I, we play a lot of stuff that's that's very weird or very bad um another game that's kind of in this that we've received positively has been something like uh help me out with the name of the pigeon dating sim we played had a full boyfriend had a full boyfriend is like the kind of game we're just like oh yeah we yeah we kind of uh, this one we responded positively to okay um all right go ahead other oh okay um i really like the uh i'm i'm in a new phase of my game enjoyment where i really am into the grunts that a character makes. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm hyper aware of grunting. And this guy this game's got a couple of really good grunts. Uh like the whole the only sound that you hear when you aren't hearing Bennett Foddy is just like the clang or like picking sound of the sledgehammer and then just Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole soundscape of the game. Uh the hyper read... specificity of your impressions is staggering. You can do, <laughs> you can just absolutely nail uh, Tom Nook in Animal Crossing, <laughs> and then the player character and uh, uh, getting over it with Bent Foddy. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, so I was really, I really like the grunting. Uh, I liked the thinking. Either is this Bennett Foddy, or are these like a like farmed? from some kind of sound effects repository or was somebody in a booth like just going (laughs) 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 like for like an hour (laughs) i mean those are good grunts they could have used (laughs) it great (laughs) um so i'm gonna give this game man it's hard because i gave i really fucked up by giving an early 10 uh (laughs) what did you give a 10 to early on I gave I gave a ten to the bicycle in the sky game. Oh, room in the night sky. Yeah, yeah I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a little, that was a little high. I fucked up my entire curve. Uh, I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it an an eight point five, just like you. Eight point five. Wow. I will say, room in the night sky is still the only one of the games we play for this podcast that I've not only finished but one hundred percented. <laughs> and it took me four hours <laughs> to finish game. Uh, all right, Matt, uh, something positive and your score. Okay, well, I'll say that the, my positive thing uh, for this game was that it made me realize my own limitations as a human man. Mm. I, um, you know, this the, the your player character in this game uh, has only a, uh, a a hammer and a pot. And I had the hardest time navigating this thing. I used, I downloaded it on my phone. I was playing like the iOS version of, of the game. It's the same game, but you're doing it with just your hand, you know, your that finger on the screen. Harder. Describe it, the controls to me on a phone because I, I, I got to know. It's, it's baffling. Like it's, it's basically, you know, you just sort of select where the, 
uh, your your hammer's gonna go so, where you think it's gonna go, rather. Matt and is then, making a circle motion with his finger. Yeah, and you're sort camera. of just sort of like swiping along on your screen, and it was very hard. I thought it would be easier for me because I watched a playthrough, and I don't like playing games on my computer uh, that much. Uh, so I was like, okay, I'll get it on my phone and see if that's easier. I, um, you know, I can't. I. Can't, this made, this game made me realize that I am incapable of like, maybe actually doing anything. Like it's it's shocking that I'm even able to sort of like just navigate the world. And I, these, I see these people doing uh, speed runs, and I'm thinking those are the real athletes. Get them in the Olympics. We don't want to talk about those speed runs, man. Like, you, you, you beat the game, and then someone's like, "Hey, this guy beat the game in a minute and a half," and you watch yeah. it, and you just get depressed. It just, yeah. it, 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 we don't talk about that. I've had one like going like in a loop and I'm watching it and I'm like, this is better than any movie I've watched this week. Just like watching somebody do it in like less than like a minute and a half. But so what I realized is that like, knowing your limitations is good. And I do think that this game is fun and I don't know if I'll ever get to finish it, but I will keep it on my phone to humble myself. I will give this, <laughs> I will give this an eight because I did enjoy wow. the experience, but I was very frustrated. Uh, all right, Chance, something positive about this game uh, and, and your overall summation and then a numerical decimal rating. Okay, positive thing I'd say is it it brought in a whole... Uh, Heather brought up earlier, it felt like you're playing a new game or like you've never played a game before because the mm. controls are so different. I don't know any game I could think of. This reminds me of getting over it. Like that doesn't... Not controls-wise. No other game does that. So uh, rare, rare to see, and I play a lot of different games. It's rare to see a game do that. So that's my positive thing about it. If I have to give it a rating, I mean, <laughs> am I how good of a game or like how much I enjoyed it? Because there's a big difference. It's a, it's, I think it's personal to you. Uh, game's a piece of shit. I hate it. <laughs> I absolutely hated it. Ruined my whole day, but I had to play it. I'm going to give it a six. I'm going to give it a, nah, you know what? A 6.5. I'll give him the point five there. Hey. Wow. Hey, there you go. Yeah, that's not so bad. Fuck you, Bennett Foddy. <laughs> how, how, did your, how did your wrist feel? Because I was just Pain. like, it, yeah, because the fine, uh, uh, you know, adjustments you have to make with your mouse was was really hurting my wrist after a while. Uh, what, you know, what hurt more than my wrist was I broke two mice in my place. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, yeah, because I'm telling you, man, the anvil. I don't know if y'all got to the anvil. It was brutal, and I broke two mice in that process, and I had backup ones spared, ready to go, because I, I think I knew it was coming. <laughs> do you throw the mouse, or do you no, crush it in your hand? You take, the, you take the mouse, you can see it on my camera. I don't know if you want to describe it for the audio, but you just slam it down. Really? Just, mm. just a Ugh. quick... I, it's an emotional outburst, right? It's an right. in the moment. I fall, I just slam really quickly. Um, and then immediately like, oh, shit, I shouldn't have done that. That was stupid. But it's just the emotional outburst. And that game brought it out for me. Uh, I was at my, my brother's friend's place once. This was years ago. And he, he, uh, he had gotten so pissed off at a game that he took his hard drive out of his PC and threw it at his wall. <laughs> and it was still... <laughs> It was he left it wedged in his drywall as a reminder not to do that again. So if you went into his apartment, just like like on the wall was just like a, a you know like half of a hard drive sticking out at an angle. So, so the way the way I perceive that, I told you it was an emotional outburst when I slammed my mouse. It was an in the yes. moment, immediately something bad happened. Your your brother, you said, 
My brother's friend. Okay, your brother's friend. He unscrewed his PC. And just- <laughs> <laughs> yes, thinking I'm going to throw my hard drive, and that stuck in his head the whole time till he got it out. Then he threw it. <laughs> yeah, it's akin to premeditated murder. <laughs> it is. It is. That's the difference between murder one and murder two. And, that's, <laughs> and the game he was playing was The Sims, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, those were our thoughts, but maybe we're wrong, Heather. Hey, maybe we're wrong. We've got some reviews from online uh, that maybe uh, have some some other opinions. Uh, here's one. Uh, this is from the Steam store. This is by uh, King Blizzard. Not recommended. 6.9 hours on record. If you're not sure whether or not you will like this game, try rolling a six with a dice 10 times in a row. If you mess up, punch yourself in the balls and start again from zero. If you enjoy that, then the game is definitely for you. Uh, I've uh, I've got one here from also from the Steam store from uh, Bigot Six Two One. Not recommended. Eight point eight hours on record though, so you know gave it a fair shot. Since Bennett Foddy loves quotes so much, here's one for him: to make others less happy is a crime. Roger Ebert. <laughs> that was his R. not R. recommended. Uh, this is what this is for a, a guide. This is a, a community guide on the Steam store. How to enjoy getting over it with Bennett Foddy. Uh, this guy, this guy has four stars. A simple way to start and enjoy and complete this game. Part one setup. Step one, go to your Steam library. On the top left corner of the screen, click the help tab. Step two, on the help tab, click on Steam support. On the Steam support page, click the box that says purchases. In your purchase history, find when you purchased, getting over it. Step five, click the box that says, I would like a refund. (laughs) On the next page, again, select, I'd like to request a refund. At the bottom of the page, select a reason for requesting a refund, then submit the request. Get your money back. (laughs) That's a good way to enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) It is one, though, I do do think it's worth experiencing. Like, I feel like it's so, it's, it's, like, even even if you're going to give up on it early, I think it's worth, the, the uniqueness of the the mechanic that you guys both touched on, I think is worth experiencing. I can I'm sorry, that. go ahead, Heather. Well, this one, I've got a review here uh, that suggests the opposite, mm. which is that this is, a, this is a review from a guy who's got 107 reviews, 234 products in his account, does not recommend this game. Uh, he has 0.3 hours on record. So what is that, 10 minutes? No, less than that, right? Point three? I don't know. I'm not going to do that fucking math. This well, point five would be 30 minutes. So I think right? it's more like it's around 20, 15 to 20. 15 to 20. So 15 to 20 minutes this guy played this game. The review is just, this game gave me depression. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, you, if you're on a budget and this is how you spent your gaming dollar and you saw you realized what you were getting into and that it was not for you. Yeah, I could see this being a, a very frustrating uh, having a very visceral reaction to it. Uh, do you have any more, Heather? No, that's it. I mean, I have like a, a an essay length review that's like going into how the mechanics of the game work, but deconstructing them as like, don't fucking play this game because of this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm not going to pull from that. And did you write this? No. Me, what, no, no, I don't. Not, no. I Wait. 
I like the game. I know, I know. Hey, uh, it's time for the question block. All right, Matt, hit us up with some questions. Great. This one's from at Matt Craig Gaming on Twitter. While people don't often like making hard games easier, do you ever try to make an easier game harder, i.e. with challenge runs or other self-imposed restrictions? Uh, how about a chance? You ever do any? Ever, ever do anything like that? Yeah, all the time. I always do things to make the game more difficult to make it more fun, right? Uh, yeah, I, I, I could go in depth with World of Warcraft stuff that I've done to make the game more fun, <laughs> to make it harder on myself. Well, the Iron Man run, like a lot of games do this, where you you play the game and there's a lot of gear in the game. You refuse to equip it because it makes the game too easy. And if you die a single time, you start over. But in the game, typically. Wow. It's, it's in a lot of games, even in RuneScape, it's called an Iron Man run. So that, yeah, a lot of people do that a lot in a lot of different games. What have been your some of your most memorable or your your personal favorite Iron Man runs? Uh, I mean, I've done it like five times and I died to bullshit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have died where some mob was invisible that wasn't even supposed to be there and he killed me in one hit. I just died oh, out of nowhere. <laughs> Made, and, and again, you delete your character when you die. Typically, yes. and why you just run back and you respawn. Whatever. Who cares? But in this, because you make it hard, it's an Iron Man run. I had to delete my character. And I, it wasn't even my fault. It was stupid. Yeah. Um, but that's the, the risk of it. That's the, the fu- kind of fun. And I, I can't think of other examples on the top of my head. But there's a lot of... Um, to do it i've played some i've played hardcore characters in diablo and when you die to bullshit in that it's just so like well but well that was 35 hours down the drain all right well whatever <laughs> but similar experience sometimes a game just becomes too damn easy and you got to have hardcore added in just to make it more fun <laughs> my friend uh jim and i used to play Mega Man 2 and contra on nes as adults and his rule was if you die at all, if, if either Mega Man or Contra dudes die once, then the game's over. The only way you could play it was to go all the way through the game as as Mega Man or Contra dudes and not lose a single life. And it blew my mind when he did it the first time. I was like, this is a Herculean achievement. Like, that's that's better than I, it felt like sports. I felt <laughs> like I was feels- sports. Because I, I never beat Contra without the Konami code, uh, but I but Mega Man Two I've beaten. I feel like Mega Man Two seems achievable. Contra seems impossible. Well, making that through that without dying, I get. I I know it's it's. I know someone can do it, but that just, but to me that seems like an in, insane level of difficulty. I think it's just I, I, there's a lot of easy mem- pattern memorization in Contra. There's no randomness. Like you you kind of know that like oh this guy's always going to come from this bush and this like. Yeah. The dude could almost play it right. blindfolded. Two two other ways people make games harder that I can think of at the top of my head. Uh, there's randomizers. Y'all ever hear like the Ocarina of Time randomizer runs? Where everything mm. gets all mixed and jambled. Typically, this mm. boss will give you this key, but it just now it comes out of this chest. It's just it's all mixed and it's weird, but it's beatable. There's that. And I've seen people play Guitar Hero and they blindfold themselves. Humans are stupid. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. It's dumb. That's great. But uh, all sorts of things, yeah. So to answer your question, though, that's top of my head. Yeah, when I've seen like people play Dark Souls with like the the Donkey Konga bongos, that's just like the, <laughs> like using a different peripheral. I'm just like Jesus Christ, what are you doing? So full circle, my ring fit. I saw a guy playing Dark Souls with a ring fit. 
Wow. I'm not wow. even kidding. And it was sick. The guy was sweating profusely. <laughs> <laughs> he was getting the craziest workout, and it was he was a Dark Souls speedrunner, actually. And wow. And the the only way to make your character move was to jog in place. Wow. So you can imagine in the middle of a boss fight, you have Jesus. to keep jogging and, and he's, he's getting tired. He's got he's to dodge the next hit, but he's got to move his legs, but they're starting to give out. It's brutal. It's yeah, brutal. That's, that's savage. <laughs> All right, Matt, next question. This one's from at I'm Joe on Twitter. What are some annoyingly hard levels for you in otherwise great games? Mm. Oh, the water level in Ninja Turtles on NES. That's mm. not, you think that's an otherwise great game? <laughs> <laughs> the game's pretty gnarly. Yeah, I, I, things that I've really been stuck on. I'm trying to Nick think. Nick just I, kicked me in the teeth. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a, uh, I'm trying to think of because things that I've gotten stuck on in a game that I've otherwise enjoyed. I, I don't know. I feel like that, like if I reach a certain point, I'm just like, it's usually, it's usually like I've, uh, I've overlooked something simple and like, there's like a puzzle I can't get, pa- I can't figure mm-hmm. out. And it's just because I forgot about one, you know, mechanic or I just forgot one. Like I, I missed something earlier on. There is, there is a fucking puzzle in, uh, Fallen Order, Jedi Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. So all the puzzles fo- follow one format. It's like use your force power to move this thing or use slow motion on the force power after you use the thing. There's one fucking puzzle in that game that they have you use your powers in a way that you don't otherwise use them in the rest of the game. And it's in inconsequential hallway where there's like one little like thing blowing in the wind and you have to like force freeze it and then do a different thing than you normally do. And I had to look up the, on a game that was like Fallen Order is just an basically easy game, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I had to look up the solution for like a hallway platform and it sucked. <laughs> yeah, that reminds me of there's a Gr- Grim Fandango, a, a LucasArts adventure that's overall a pretty easy game. It's just, you know, that you're just figuring out uh their pu- just figuring out their puzzle logic. But there's one particular puzzle where there's a dedicated pickup button that you don't have to use at any other point in the game. Everything else like just whatever the, the whatever the interact button will just pick up an object in the environment. But this is the only time when you have to use the dedicated pickup button. So it's something that you've completely forgotten about and you're three quarters of the way through the game. And I had to look it up and I was like, I can't believe this is the fucking solution. I just forgot to <laughs> press this button. Um, anything uh, anything come to mind for you, Chance, like a game that you've really liked, then you've really gotten stuck on something. Crash Bandicoot, the bridge level. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Know what I'm talking about uh, Water Temple, Ocarina of Time. Bring oh, there's a, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Uh, oh man, there's there's a lot of levels, and you know the thing is, you, I question it. It's like I I remember them, so I I guess I enjoy them in some shape or form. But God, did I also hate them? So I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what I like anymore at this point. <laughs> yeah. Well, because like the water temple, like the most discussed probably dungeon from Ocarina of Time, maybe one of the most discussed in all of Zelda. But it is one that people, I think, have ex- frustrating experiences, uh, frustrated memories tied to. I was about to bring up a map on paint because it, it was I had to you have to raise the water level, lower the water level to navigate through this map. And my head hurt. And this was last week. <laughs> so I'm an adult. And I was about to bring up paint trying to figure out where the hell I'm going. I'm supposed to do. 
So I can't, I don't know how the hell I beat that when I was 10. I think I used a cheat code or something because I just, I was stupid. I'm still dumb, but it was <laughs> clearly, I don't know. So that's how I, those are the two that come to mind first glance. Uh, all right, Matt, let's get one more question. All right. This one's from at talking about Willis on Twitter. Do you think when modern creature comforts like quick saves or more frequent save points are added to old school games that are extremely difficult, it takes away from the essence of the original? So I think we're maybe talking about, you know, emulator save states, which have just completely eliminated the difficulty of like a lot of classic uh, games. And, it, it, you know, and I know so like some remixes have, have added checkpoints and uh, some remakes similar. I, I, it's... I, I almost feel like there's I, I don't really love quick saves. That was honestly one thing that I that I didn't like a lot about a lot of PC games is that even though I was I was a PC gamer growing up, I like I this there's a lot of save and creep in some game designs where it's just sort of like, okay, I save and then I go a little bit and then I can save again and I'm just making incremental progress and I always know that I'm not gonna lose too much. And I I've always preferred like a checkpoint design. But yeah, I, I don't know. I I I, I guess it this is the the nice thing about that. These save states is that sometimes these games that you played as a kid and that you never were able to get anywhere in and then you return to it as an adult and like, I'm not going to invest the time to get good at this shit at t the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles NES game, uh, just to use an example. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it's a uh, it's I, I guess those are kind of a nice feature. I don't know. What do you think, Heather? Um, I. Uh, I mean, I feel like. Part of the, just like with this, if you added a save state to Bennett Foddy, it's not the same game anymore. Like the sure. difficulty was the program, like it was a programmed choice to make the game elicit a certain feeling. And if you add save states or even quality of life upgrades to some of those old games, you, it doesn't have the same flavor. It's like. If you cut your spaghetti with a knife and fork and then eat it with a big with a spatula instead of like <laughs> use the spoon and then you put the fork in and you got to turn it and it's a little frustrating. You get some on your shirt like that's the what way you got to eat a spaghetti. <laughs> what does the spatula have to do with it? What? No, I mean, like if, it, if you cut, it doesn't matter. Look, OK, Nick, <laughs> you can corner me, but I think I cornered myself there. So. <laughs> um, Chance, what do you think? I, I don't think there's anything wrong with a game. So if you add checkpoints to a game or quick saves, it makes the game easier. There's no argument. It just it just does make it easier. It doesn't make it, it it's easier. There's no harm in a game being too hard for some people to beat. There's nothing wrong with it. Because I feel damn cool right now being the only one in this call to beat getting over it. Um, <laughs> and I'm damn proud. Um, but if you added quick saves, it's just, the devs didn't put it there. So if you're going to say, I beat getting over it, you're not uh, people going out if they had quick saves in it. They're going, I beat getting over it. Well, no, you didn't because right. other people beat it without that. And it's way harder. So if you go around saying I beat getting over it with quick saves, it's different, but it's it's an entirely different thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like dunking on a waist high rim. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's not a dunk. It's you not. can't just go tell people I dunk whenever I want. Well, Heather, I dunk. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hit us it, up with your questions at getplayedpod, <laughs> getplayedpod at gmail.com. Uh, Chance Morris, thank you so much for joining us. Twitch.tv slash sodapoppin if you want to check out his stream. Anything you'd like to plug? Um, uh, no, I'm good. I, I had a good time. I, I, I like being here. This is fun. I like oh, talking yeah. about games, so I appreciate y'all having me. 
We loved having you, man. Uh, yeah, thank and, you so uh, much. Yeah, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for revisiting this game that made you so miserable. Yes. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and Matt, <laughs> what's next week's game? Next week's game, Doki Doki Literature Club. Ooh, sounds spooky. Well, uh, great record, guys. Uh, I gotta anyway. I gotta go to the store, so let me just hop in this cauldron and gla- grab my sledgehammer. What? It's gonna take me eighteen hours, <laughs> Nick. <laughs> Nick. <laughs> don't don't forget a mask. <laughs> <laughs>